an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Hey, y'all, I'm Bevan. And I'm Brittany. Welcome to Be My Neighbor. Our neighborly duties are to provide real-life solutions and practices that elevate and inspire, but also remind us to not take it all too seriously. We're real-life neighbors that quickly learn that you simply cannot do it on your own, living in a competitive and fast-paced environment like New York City. Each week, we invite you into the apartment along with our metaphorical and literal neighbors to share advice on how we get through this thing called life. We don't just share the sugar. We serve up the real tea. From navigating relationships to building a career, we want you to recognize and embrace the best version of you. We want you to know that you're crazy is okay. And that you're definitely not alone. Our door is always open. And we want you to know, we've, we've got, got your, your back. back. Today, we're joined by businesswoman, date night entrepreneur, and startup sensation, Jordan Scott, who is determined to make couples' lives easier with the release of her new app, which is a new decision-making app for couples. While launching her second venture during a pandemic could be seen as a risky move by some, Jordan realized she couldn't hold back, especially given the stressful time for couples right now. We will get into more about what Cobble actually does for couples in a minute, but we're so happy to welcome Jordan here with us. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hi, guys. This is awesome. I'm so excited to chat with you. It was so funny when we initially did this, we had a little flub. And so we went back and did it again. And Jordan was like, what is that bio? And I was like, this is who you are now, girl. Step into your power. <laughs> it is It is a big bio. <laughs> it sounds very big. But no, this is this is awesome. I'm excited to, to tell you all about Cobble and everything we're doing and learn about you guys too. I, I want to know like everything about who you talk to on here and why and why I've been chosen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a quick question for you to begin with. How old are you? I'm 25. You are 25 years old. Yes. And crushing. <laughs> oh my God. You're so sweet. Yeah. Well, I mean, my birthday's in September, so I don't get to hold on to 25 for much longer. September what? September 6th. Oh, I'm the 23rd. I'm a, I'm a Virgo. Are you a Virgo at 23? I'm okay. first day Libra. Yeah, oh, Libra. Okay. I love Libras. Kamala is a Libra as well. Oh, what I should... a perfect person to have in common with right now. <laughs> yeah. What are you, Brittany? I'm a true Taurus to a T. It's pretty oh, much, I'm I on the cusp. Yeah. I mean, oh. I'm on the cusp between Aries and Taurus, but I am all the good parts of the bull for sure. That's, <laughs> it makes sense. I don't know about you guys, but when I hear people's signs, there's usually just like one word that glows in my head when I hear like each sign. And with Taurus, I'm always like, smart. I don't know. I don't know why, but she Taurus is smart. Is like, I think maybe because my dad is a Taurus. I'm like, that's the, that's his thing. Uh, Jordan, now, now we're really good friends. And you know, <laughs> now you're totally good in my book. I will be loyal, loyal to you forever. That's another characteristic of my sign. So my favorite thing on the planet, I don't know anything about astrology at all. And every time somebody's like, what's your sign? And I say Libra, they're like, of course you are. I feel like don't I could say anything. <laughs> don't we all get that? It's like, why do we all feel like our signs are all hated? Like, it's yeah. like, you're so self-conscious to be like, I'm a Virgo. Yeah. And it's like, we all, it's like, no, they're all bad and good and all the weird thing. I mean, actually there's one sign I think that is actually. <laughs> what is it? I'm not going to say, oh, I'm gonna spend, you know, one twelfth of the population. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have a lot of good friends who are actually this sign. So they're just a little crazy. A little crazy. I think I know what it is. What do you think it is? Scorpio. No, I actually, I like Scorpios. I love Scorpios I mean, too. They're wild. They're 
No, no. The sign I'm thinking of is Aquarius. Oh, that's so interesting. My mother and my sister are in Aquarius. My mother, no. gray. My sister, yep. not so much. And my husband is too. And I like him a lot. So he, you know, he's a really good guy. But I, I hear you. I hear you. I think Aquariuses get a lot of flack, but no. I think it's a good sign. It's true. It's true. And they're, they're wild spirits. And a disclaimer, my mother's crazy in the best way possible. Sorry, mom. I love you. Yeah, yeah just in case. <laughs> I don't think she is, though. Brittany's mom isn't listening either. They don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to listen. They're very nervous and they know we curse from time to time. And that's not. I was just going to ask you if that is allowed on this. Podcast. Fuck yeah. Yes, it's definitely allowed. It's definitely allowed. But I understand where she's coming from that. That's not always ladylike, whatever. We agree to disagree on, on many things. She's still my best friend, though. <laughs> Okay, anyway. so before we get into all the background and how you got here at such a short amount of time, what is the Cobble app for those that don't know? Can you explain it to us? Yeah, sure. So the Cobble app was really invented when I recognized there was this white space between dating app and life after the swipe. You know, there was so many dating apps out there. Find your, you know, love of your life through your dog or you know, a million different things. And I really wondered, like, you know, once you graduate from Bumble or Tinder or wherever, like what there's no thing for you. Society basically just says, like, you did it. You found somebody. You got no more problems. And I was just like, no, that's definitely not. Definitely uh, not. <laughs> definitely not the case. I, re I realized that the one issue I was seeing universally for couples was this nightly indecision of just, you know, what do you want to do tonight? What do you want to eat tonight? What do you want? And just being like, I don't know, what do you want to do? And this back and forth. And it was like, why is this every night? And I got, I really got interested in, in that, like solving that, which feels like a huge issue. It's like, how do you solve indecision? <laughs> but inspired by dating apps, we decided to essentially use that interface. So instead of swiping right for yes, left for no on people, you are actually swiping on our curated content of restaurants and bars and experiences and beyond, which I'll get into shortly of what we did during COVID. And when you and your partner both swipe right, you match only with your significant other. So you're connected with your partner on Cobble. It's your Cobble official. It's the new Facebook official. Once you match, you can, you know, schedule an joint calendar. You can make reservations, buy tickets, you know, whatever you need to do to actually take action on that very authentic decision. Because I think that's a big part of it too, is when you are going to your partner and saying like, do you want to go to this restaurant tonight? Or do you want to do this tonight? There's this pressure, I think of like, and they want to do it. And so whatever, I'll do it. And you don't have that worry with Cobble because you are making remote, independent decisions. And when it's a match, it's a real match, which I think is sort of the best part of it. That's incredible. I didn't think about that. Like this idea of being fully independent, making the decision. So you're not giving in because it feels like the right thing to do. And then your experience is always a little bit lackluster or disappointing. Totally. And no one can argue. It's like, we both swiped right. Like, let's, let's go. I think too, we've done a lot of research into just the mechanics of a, of a couple. And what we found is in every relationship, there's a planner and there's an agreeer. Mm. And the planner is the one who researches and sends links and says, do you want to do this? And the agreeer says, yes, no, or I don't know. And 
what this app does is relieves the pressure on the planner to always be the one having the, you know, surface stuff. And it sort of gives the agreeer agency into like feeling like they have a real say in, in stuff too. And you're so right in saying that many couples have this problem, right? I think, and we live it every weekend, every, like, it's always about eating with us. Like it's seriously, cause food is, eating is my favorite sport. Like I love a really good meal, you know, and I get so pissed when we go to a bad place. It's like, Oh, that was just a wasted meal. Like, why did we do it? It, And it's, it's always like the, some of the similar places. So it just needs to be what we both agree on and going back and forth. And sometimes you're just too exhausted to even make the decision. Cause you're like, whatever, like you do it. I don't care. I'm, I, I could do both. I could. Yeah. So you're so right in saying that. So the curation is such a big part of it because this isn't a Yelp where Burger King is going to come up. It goes through this incredible vetting process by our team of writers to say like, is this actually something that is worth a couple's time, energy, and money? Because that's what it comes down to. And the more you go out, like, or even like the, if you go out once a month, you know, some of these couples, don't you have to get it right even more You know, Mm -hmm. it's like whether you go out five times a week or, you know, we never go out, we go out once a month. It's like either way you need it to be, you need it to be worth it. I think that's one thing that we, that we get right is that, is that curation. And it's really important to have that. What I think is so cool too, is the efficiency of time. Like I think about the amount of time I've wasted Will and my husband and I together just sitting around being like, well, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? And then you end up doing what you always do or nothing at all. Yeah. And it's like the most, I always joke like why these hangry little arguments and <laughs> they so quickly can like balloon and it's like so unnecessary. It's like, we don't, we don't have like these deep seated issues, like, but we're making them because of the little thing. It's like crazy. Totally. And efficiency is something that is hugely important all of these apps too, like they're designed to take your time to, to keep your attention. And our metric for success is like, they're on it for the shortest amount of time possible, mm. because we know that keeps them coming back. If they, if they can swipe and match and make a decision, then that's, we've done our job. The goal is so not to take, take your time and take your attention. It's really to get you into life. So this could be for new couples into married couples, couples that have been together for five, 10 years. Like I I love like bringing back that art of the date night because I do feel that it's very important to at least have some time together, whether or not you have a baby yet, whether or not you have so much going on in your jobs and in your lives, like just to have that date night is a good thing to kind of regroup. Yeah, you you make a good point. So we're starting with date night, right? The the idea was helping couples figure out dinner helping couples figure out what to do, right? This interface and this platform goes so beyond not only what do you want to eat tonight, you know, all of these decisions beyond just date night, right? What, what flight should we buy? You know, what, what Airbnb do we stay in? What do we watch on Netflix is our next biggest fight. That is our biggest fight. Yes. You scroll for hours and hours on these uh, Hulu, Amazon, you're now we're flying between all these different things too. And the thing is like the more you swipe, the smarter cobble gets in understanding not only what you individually are most likely to like, but like where the match is most likely to happen, you know, really taking into account both people. 
And that only grows, you know, when we start moving into first, our first phase is moving into couple to couple decision-making. So, you know, when you're going out with another couple or a a few other couples, that decision-making gets even more convoluted. But with Cobble, it's like you swipe and you see where the overlap is and you go. And we're actually right now building a new feature in the app that really takes you step-by-step through a process that we're super excited to, to launch soon, but goes beyond day night and goes beyond couples, but it has to start somewhere. And I, I know you guys, you know, often are inspirational on helping, encouraging other people to, to start things. And I would just say like the way that we're starting with couples is the way that like Mark started with Ivy leagues and Jeff started with books. Like it's funny. Cause while couples is a huge market in itself. Like a lot of people are like, are you, isn't that kind of small? Like shouldn't, doesn't everyone need help making decisions? And it's like, yes, but the one way to like get a foothold in, into, you know, being something new and exciting is to start with something super niche. And that's sort of what we're going for. So on that Mm -hmm. note, we're going to switch things around because I actually want to talk to you about how you developed this, how you came up with this idea, where you began. We have so many listeners that come to us often about starting something new. They have an idea and you were fresh out of school or you started this when you were in school, right? So I actually graduated and like got my dream job at CBS and was working there and thought that that's where I was supposed to be forever. And it's funny because, you know, I went to NYU mostly studied, I studied, I actually went to a program called Gallatin where you design your own major. So you can take classes in all of the different schools. And I mostly studied journalism, screenwriting and fiction writing, no business class. I was like, why didn't I take one stern class? I'm still mad at myself for that, but I didn't know. I thought I was a creative and that was that. And I graduated. I had a pitch to a board, how I should be able to graduate based on the curriculum that I designed. Like All of this looking back was very entrepreneurial, but at the time I did not think that was anything I would do. I just, you know, I had internships at, at a bunch of cool places. And then I got, I got, I graduated a semester early and had a job lined up at CBS this morning and took it. And, you know, within six months, I was like, I actually don't want anybody's job here. I don't want to be the executive producer. I don't want to be Gail King. I don't. And so that was freaky of like, oh, if I don't want anyone's job here, like, what am I doing here? Mm. And I was also pretty nervous about just taking another job and being like, "Uh oh, same thing. (laughs) Like there was definitely that fear of like, what if this just keeps happening? And I know that that's nothing new for for people, but most people, you know, they tough it out. They, they go up the ladder, like whatever. And sometimes that's great. Sometimes that's not right. And I also, I mean, the real reason I was able to finally just say, I got to, I got to leave here and and give something a shot was because I had this idea and I figured, you know, I was 22. I can try this for a couple of years and totally have it fail and then go get a job and hopefully have some new skills to be like, I tried to start this thing. Like to me, it really didn't feel like there was a downside. It's funny though. My now fiance, Nick, we were dating at the time and we had just moved in together And I was like, I'm quitting my job. I'm not looking for another job. And it's about being in a relationship. So you can't leave me. Um, So it was like all at once. And he was just like, great, let's do it. Oh, that's a, that's a mature 
man, really. Yeah. I mean, the guys that I was dating at 22, 23 years old, they were like, marriage? Oh my God, run for the hills. I will don't even know. I, and I was like, yes, I'd like to settle down. I'd like to make a home. They're- well, he's seven years older than me. So I think okay. that so he had a couple, you know, he was a little bit it. more mature maybe, but I don't know. I'm probably more mature than him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Women always are. Yeah, always, always. <laughs> exactly. But, but no. Wow, you, so you really, it's like, it, you, it seems like you didn't have any fear to take the plunge. I mean, I'm sure you had like little voices in the back of your head, but I like the fact that you were like, I don't want to be unhappy and I don't want to find myself doing a job that I know I don't want to do right? for years and years and years versus trying something. In my mind, it was like, I want to make something that is newsworthy rather than always telling other people's stories. And, and as much as I loved that, like even I, you know, with cobble, it's about lifting really cool experiences and places and and things happening up. You know, I still love that storytelling aspect of the curation, like content will always be such a huge part of what I love to do. But I did have this feeling of like, let me just try something. And that isn't to say too, when I, when I first left and tried to start, first of all, the very, very first idea totally did not work. I spent all of my savings. I I spent $3,000 alone on financial projections from this guy. And like, I still feel like, wow, that was the biggest waste of money ever. Wait, so it wasn't investing in someone to help you with the financial projections. That was the issue. It was the idea itself. Yes, of course. Of course. I mean, I definitely hired some bad people too, but in that respect, it was just like, I I remember that was like, I had $20,000 of savings. That's what I had when I left CBS. And that's what I was like, I'll use this to make my idea. And the first idea was what if you could like get these plans on demand the same way that you call an Uber. And it wasn't about couples yet that it it was about like going out with my mom or going out with my friends or, or whoever. And you would like submit it. And then like one of our experts would send you back a plan and make your reservations. It was like a concierge basically concierge faster. Sure. And I made, you know, a website. I spent a ton of money on the website, spent a ton of money on the projections. That idea used up almost all of it. Shockingly. And I launched it and it was paid, you know, you paid for this as like a subscription and no one wanted to use it. And no, certainly no one wanted to pay for it yet. So I immediately made it free just to like get information about how people wanted to use it. Meanwhile, I was paying all of these experts, you know, to produce the, the plans and everything. That's probably how I spent all the money. But they, what I did see when I made it free, like people still weren't using it that much, but 99% of the requests were for couples where it was like, where do I go with my, so that was the first inkling of like, oh yeah, nothing for couples. And I was sitting in a relationship too, being like, yeah, there, there really isn't anything for couples and that couples are sexy. Everything out there that are, is for couples is usually like mushy and like too romantic and like, corny exactly and literally every a couple's marriage game or like you know whatever is out there it's like i didn't like the branding around couples stuff that's what kicked off the idea for you know creating content for couples and eventually creating technology to help solve indecision we knew about your first sort of launch but we didn't know how cobble came to be so wow thank you for sharing that and i think it's important for everybody to remember that you are going to make mistakes when you start and it's going to feel like money is wasted but you're learning and collecting data and that's going to keep moving you forward 
That has to be the biggest takeaway is that you have no idea what you're going to try that's going to spark something. And I also think being a founder is just like playing the long game, like just staying in it. Mm. I really, with time, like I think, and, and with openness, like being willing to pivot, being willing to try new things, being willing to see where it takes you all is going to eventually end up in, in success. And I mean, for me, I, w- I joke, like, I don't care if cobble becomes like a car dealership, but the <laughs> best car dealership in the world, like it's not dying. It's gonna um, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I love that. And I agree. Like your tenacity, like we can, we've really only just met, but we can feel it through the screen and wanting to make something work that, you know, there's an issue with, you know, you know, that, that a lot of people have these problems with indecision. It's just a part of our daily lives. And I think like if you can be that inkling to make it just a little bit easier and quell those quarrels, you know what I mean? Like there's something, there's something there. It really is about the like little bit easier, right? Like we start with swiping and matching and then it becomes, you know, the next level and the next level and the next level, as long as it's still just moving up in inches in helping you know, we're doing something right. Plus now that we're bringing on more just minds on this, I'm seeing it take on a life of its own and people are just so bright and it's so exciting to have other people just like buy into it and start saying like, well, we can do, you know, and I'm like, we, oh, this is great. (laughs) Did you feel defeated when the first idea didn't work out? And how did you pick yourself up if you did? Oh my God, a hundred percent. I started putting resumes out. I started applying to jobs, which by the way, I didn't hear back from a single one. So I was like, oh shit, I am. Can I not get a job? Like, I think there was one intense day where I was like in a coffee shop being like, I am the founder of, and it wasn't even a company. Like it was nothing yet, but I was like, I started this thing and now I'm looking to do this. And I didn't even really, there wasn't even enough time. I think I was like six months into starting that and having it and realizing it didn't work and everything. And I I was just like, I don't even know like what skills I really learned during this. Like, yes, I had to manage people and I had to like learn how to use QuickBooks, but like, I don't even know now what I would say to get another job. Like, and yeah, and thank God nobody responded to me. Yeah. <laughs> like I had this reason now to like keep on making it work. And again, that information of, wow, couples don't know what to do. Let me just like go back to the well. So I should probably back up a little bit and say the very next thing I did after that was start IDK Tonight, which was an editorial site and Instagram and newsletter that simply curated date nights for couples. I decided that I was fascinated with couples. I wanted to create technology for them. I didn't know exactly what that technology would look like. The smallest thing I could do was start growing this audience mm-hmm. and and have this big audience of couples so that when I did figure out the technology, I just moved them over. Sort of inspired by the way Into the Gloss launched Glossier. That's what we did. You know, once we hit about 50,000 couples who were, you know, visiting the site and following us on Instagram and reading the newsletter, I had by then really understood what I wanted to build in Cobble. And, and now, you know, we have this audience that's, that there are testers, you know, they're, they're, they're small, but mighty audience. And and they're at least going to help us iterate and improve the product as quickly as we can. I love that you did the research on all of that and just was able to transition because you really have to lay the groundwork, right? I mean, I think a lot of people do not, and they just think that they're just going to go flying into something, but how much time did that take for you to really with between the, you know, the years, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I mean, so I launched IDK Tonight in 2017, end of 2017. And by mid-2018, I had the idea for Cobble. And then that was about, well, how do I get this built? I mean, I I literally made little rectangles on a piece of paper and like started making the screens myself with like way too much copy. Like a UX designer would have been like, what is this? <laughs> but it was just like, okay, so they swipe and it goes into this list. And then is there a profile? Oh, there's a couple's profile. Oh my God, it's the first non-individual's profile. That's something that's in our patent now. You know, all the all these little things of like, you know, I needed to be able to pass something to the next person that was going to help me like, you know, really flush it out. And so it was funny, like even, even doing that stuff, there's no reason why any of us can't do that. We all use apps. We all know you can just draw little rectangles. Yeah, (laughs) I know apps scare us. We're like, Oh, building apps. This sounds so technical and freaky and yeah. Well, it's so muddy too. It's like, there's so many different directions you can go and you can try to like attract this, a CTO or a technical co-founder. You can, you can pay a shit ton of money and get an agency. You can try to like hire a team offshore that, that you don't really even know what you're doing. Mm. And they don't know you need to be exact with the information you give them. And you don't even know what you're doing. And there's just so many different directions you can go, or, you know, you can just be smart and know how to code, which that was certainly not me. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way out. I code. I don't even know. <laughs> I actually started taking a Python class during quarantine. My fiance and I both did. So That's Amazing. What is Python? What is that? Python is a backend language. You knew that, Bevan? No. Oh, exactly. That's amazing. Well, I figured it was coding. I just used, you know, like logic. Um, But now it's like being able to, you know, (laughs) Python's my bags. Okay. That's what I'm that's that's what I know. Python. Snake skin. (laughs) I love that I just go, yeah, cool. Like that's great. I'm like, what the hell does she know? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. That's my husband's pet peeve about me. Put that on our profile. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. I interrupted Sorry. you. No, no, that that was that was pretty much it, I think. It's just like what I ultimately decided to do was raise a small friends and family round, hire an agency, you know, hi, the agency I ended up hiring, you know, built the first PayPal app and and L'Oreal and you know, some crazy Home Depot's app and and they were just starting to get into the startup game. And we made we made a little deal of like taking some money off, you know, upfront cost and I'll do press for them. And, you know, they love the idea for the app and they were like, this sounds great. This sounds simple. I'm sure it became much more complicated than they anticipated, but we got that MVP built, which means minimum viable product from there. You know, we started having beta testers, you know, hop into the app on test flight, which is, you know, where people can put their apps before they're ready to go in the app store or whatever. And we got crazy feedback. We did another round of updates And then we had planned on launching in March of this year. And this was all about going out. And, you know, in the future, like I mentioned, like we have these grand ideas of of expanding to all sorts of decisions, not just, you know, where to go out to eat. But I certainly, when COVID first hit and everybody was locked in, was like, okay, let's, let's just wait on launching and we'll launch when this is over and people will be even more excited to go out and even more excited to use it. And after like three weeks of like waiting for this to be over, I was like, oh no, we don't know when this is over. I'm not waiting. And so in three weeks, we actually created a whole new section of content that you easily just click the stay in filter And we started testing those new categories, what to cook, what to watch, where to order in from. So many local businesses were doing such fascinating meal kits and drinks to go. And we just took all that shit and put it in. And 
we launched. We were like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. And people loved it. We just hit the 100,000 swipes mark, which, you know, we launched like about a month ago. So That's awesome. we were super excited about that. And now like what was cool was as outdoor dining started in New York, we made a filter for that. We were one of the only apps that you could just easily see what places have like tables in the street <laughs> and start swiping and matching there. So just trying to keep up with sort of what's going on. And of course we planned on only launching in New York to start, but now with the stay in content, not being totally location-based, you know, we, we can sort of allow this to be bigger than just New York and let that lead us to what cities we open next. So I feel like it would be even more important now to make a really smart decision when you do choose to go out, where you spend your money, when you're going to put yourself out in public. So it feels like it's even more important to have this resource. Yeah. I mean, just generally the content is so beautiful. It's hard to swipe left. You know, we're trying to learn about there's different couples like different stuff, obviously, too. There's one couple that's like all about magic and this and that. And another couple who's like, I only want to see rock climbing, you know, so it's like, (laughs) how do we produce enough content to satisfy enough of the different types of couples? And it'll be cool, like the data we gather, too, on how couples are making decisions, what they're making decisions on, you know, that planner agreeer thing. It's so funny. Most people think that, you know, women are the planners and men are the agreeers. And while I think that is probably the majority from our data, I absolutely meet men who are planners. And then I say, you know, same sex couples of which we have many, many on the platform, somebody's still a planner and somebody's still an agreeer. So it really isn't so much connected to sex. I always find that fascinating. Can we go back to fundraising the beginning when you got your first round of friends and family? And if this is too personal, once again, But um, how much did you raise for that first round? We raised 250K for the first round, which was more money than I ever... I mean, 20 grand, I was going to like kill myself over. Yeah. I was, I was like, how, oh my God. And, and we ended up spending, I think we spent like a hundred, hundred, 150 with that agency alone. And the rest sort of has sustained us and the writers and producing all the content. And we are planning, I don't know when this podcast is going to come out. So we may or may not have to cut this depending on basically we, we just finished our seed round and we haven't like done our tech crunch announcement for how much that is. So if this comes out after, then we can definitely keep it in. But we just raised 3 million. So we're really, really excited now again to have that hiring power and everything else. And it's just crazy. Like each phase you never thought was possible. Mm -hmm. And it's only making me understand more like these articles I'm reading where it's like, whatever company raises $80 million series C or like, that's like not real. But I'm also like, I also thought the 3 million thing was not real. Yeah. Which is interesting to me too, because I feel like so often we tell people, well, we read all the time that we have to be able to see it for it to become true. And mm -hmm. I don't believe that. I believe you just got to put your heart in it and keep going. I, I think so too. I mean, it is definitely, like I said, it's a patience Thing, which I don't really have patience, but I guess with this, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- thank you so much for breaking that down for us too, because I think that's very daunting for many people to think about raising money and then they owe back and just, it just different things, but it can be done. And apparently it can be done. <laughs> I, 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 again, I, you know, everybody also makes it feel like a black box of like, who did you like where and how? And, and this, we, by the way, we had started investor conversations in March. We had one meeting. It went really well. I thought it went really well, but then COVID hit and they were like, my business is on fire. Like we really can't talk about this. And I was like, no problem. 
we don't talk to anyone. We don't send a single investor email for March, April, May, even most of June. And when we got the numbers back on launching during quarantine, I was like, you know what? I think now is like June was the time to, you know, say hi again and sort of be like, Hey, this is what, this is what we did during quarantine. Like we really are proud of our team and how we augmented and pivoted and whatever. And within 10 days, we raised all that money. That's it, it was just like, I got to get in if you're in and like it, it very much like, I don't know. It's just these groups of people who invest and, and jump on each other's bandwagons. Like that would be my biggest advice is like, find those things and people, because it does keep on racking up in that way when you, you create that urgency. Mm. Awesome. And how big right now is your team? So we're about seven, we're seven people right now. We have a front-end engineer. We have a back-end engineer who's a genius. He has his master's in machine learning from Columbia. We have a CFO who's in London. Our back-end engineer, by the way, is in Australia. We have our content team, of course, which I don't count because there's like 10 of them. But they they obviously are the backbone of continuing to produce the content. We have our social editor. We just hired a PR person to help with all this stuff. Well, oh, we have a designer. So it's the very basic roles right now. And yeah, we're, we're definitely looking to hire, you know, more people for the tech team. We got to get Android bill. I pr- I'm so sorry to everyone who has Android, especially the couples who are Android and iPhone. That's a real nightmare. Oh. <laughs> we're trying to get Android bill as quickly as possible. You have to get a divorce if you, if one of you has yeah. an Android and one of you has like, an iPhone. A tough, That's like, a fundamental difference. Fundamental. <laughs> You're, Fun- you would be surprised that the amount that I've, I mean, maybe they're just like the loudest minority, but they are mad <laughs> that we don't have Android. Wow. That's crazy. So I know, and I love how you pivoted during COVID, but we want to know also future plans? Like where do you envision? Right now, I know you really just launched, so you don't have to give us the crazy big, big picture, but where do you envision it going? I mean, you got to think as big as possible. And I think a lot of people, especially non-founders and whatever are sort of like, okay, crazy, you know, but that, that is, that is how you have to think. And so what I always say is that I want Cobble to be the decision-making engine for all people, you know, whether that's planning your wedding as a couple or that's making major business decisions as an entire company. Mm. You know, it it will run the gamut. And I I expect to see Cobble as a placement on, you know, things outside of the app. So the best example I can give is like here's another huge issue, you know, you're ordering food from Postmates and you have to pass the phone to your partner and did you put your stuff in and yeah, I got it and let's all right, I'll submit to have Cobble be the engine that understands who's connected to who and add to the same joint cart and be able to follow the status at the same time. Why does this not exist yet? Oh, that's um, amazing. That would so help Cobble, us so much. Yeah. I mean, everything from your Uber to your Amazon cart to your, you know, this could have a place all over the internet. And I also say like the same way you hit the pin button for Pinterest and, you know, you and your partner, our example, like you just moved into a house, you're buying, you need to get rugs, you know, that you could hit that cobble button and it shoots 20 rugs into your cobble, you know, engine. And it's just right, right, left, right. And that it's just wherever on the internet you are, you're making decisions. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, no, I can see it too. And there is definitely a need for it for sure. And when you were in these pitch meetings, like, were there any key elements? Because we know you also won, I believe it was Entrepreneur Magazine's five-minute pitch competition. 
62nd, actually. Oh, what? Whoa. I'll tell you that story. That, okay. <laughs> that, I didn't know. We obviously messed that one up. No. 60 seconds. It was wild. So this was still when I was just running IDK tonight, just creating content. I had just thought of what if you swiped and matched with just one person instead of one to many, like the idea had just started forming. And I was invited really last minute to go to this. I guess I could call it like a, basically there was all these keynote speakers. It was a conference basically that entrepreneur magazine was putting on. There were speakers, there was events, there was all this stuff. And I was invited by a friend who was doing something there. I show up. There was also this pitch competition sort of going on throughout the day. And then the finale of the whole day was like the finalist pitched on stage. And there was a big storm in New York. And so a bunch of people who had planned on flying in couldn't come to pitch. And so there was like spots open. And I was like, uh, I feel like I have to just like try it. But like, I've never pitched. I certainly don't know how to pitch in 60 seconds or like what I would say in 60 seconds. But I called my fiance and I was like, should I do it? And he was like, do it. Like, who cares? Like, just do it. And I went up to the table and I was like, hi, I just, if there's no spots, like no worries, but you know, just wondering. And they're like, yeah, there's spots. And I was like, if there's no spots, like I get it. <laughs> Once and again, like, no, <laughs> you can pitch. And I was like, okay, fine. So I signed up all of a sudden I'm like sitting in this room with people who are like mumbling to themselves. They have their products in their hands. They have like posters. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing in here? I had my like phone in my hand and I was like, I don't know what I don't even, this app isn't even real. Like I was like, am I going to get in trouble for like pitching something? That's not a real thing. But I was like, whatever I get called in to like this other room and they immediately are like micing me up. I didn't know it was going to be on camera or recorded. The lights are so bright. I cannot see anyone except for the person who's like micing me. And she was just like, okay, so you have 60 seconds and go. So you hadn't done any like, preparation for this. You were just no, walking out cold. In the room, sitting in the room before I was like, I'll say <laughs> about how you swipe and how you fight. And, you know, maybe I'll talk a little bit about the business model. I start pitching, which into the, like the blackness, like there was nothing, I could see nothing. And I got through maybe 20% of what I thought I could say when they were like, that's time. Like, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so the lights like went down. I could like see these like seven judges who I was like, who even are these people? And they were like, Oh, that's okay. You had our interest peaked. And I was like, okay, thank you. I'm sorry. And I left and I was like, well, that was really embarrassing, but whatever. I'm glad I made myself do it. And now they can't pick me, right? Because they didn't hear the whole pitch. So I was like, I'm fine. And then 20 minutes later, I got a text that I was a finalist to go on stage. And I was like, what? And also, I don't know how to pitch in 60 seconds. Like, I, I don't know how to do that still. And it, it was in like half an hour. And I just like went and faced a wall and was like, Jordan, just memorize five sentences, five sentences. Maybe it'll cover like a good pitch, but just memorize the five sentences. Then I'm in a line of ever. There was like 20 finalists. There was a lot. And this one little girl is next to me and she's like, I pitched on the today show. And I was like, I can't be next to you. 
Like I was so stressed. Everybody was so confident. And I just kept on saying my five lines. I've never been in a line of such crazy people of everyone just talking to themselves. And I felt like they kept us outside of this like arena for so long. But finally I went in, I went on the stage. I also didn't know a single person at this conference. I was just like by myself, but I had like made friends earlier. So they, I knew they were watching and I said my five sentences. I actually finished under 60 seconds. I was like, I had like 56 seconds. And I was like, five sentences, walked off the stage. And then they announced that I won. And I was like, I don't understand how this happened. They gave me a big check, a big like yellow. Oh, I saw it on the internet. Golden ticket. How did you end up at this conference in the first place? A friend of mine was like partnering with Entrepreneur and had like a little booth at the thing. And he was like, I have extra tickets. Do you want to come? And I was like, okay, fine. So you just came to check it out? Yeah. And Anna Kornikova, oh no, not, sorry. Maria Sharapova, the tennis player, was one of the keynote speakers. She has that chocolate company that she started. So she was talking. And I was like, did Maria Sharapova see this? Like, I, I, I really love her. But I was like, so I couldn't, I was shocked when they announced it. I was like, Oh, that's unreal. Did it give you like a big boost of confidence? It was the first recognition that this was a real thing other than like my parents. Mm, like no sure. one else had heard of it. And, you know, my parents were like, I think this is really an interesting idea. And my fiance, of course, was like, I, th- I mean, go for it. But no one else had sort of validated it until that of like total strangers. These editors at Entrepreneur Magazine were like, yes, this is the winning idea. And I was like, oh my God. Where's the girl from today's show? Where is she? I know. <laughs> and actually there was one girl in line who was like, I have a 15 second pitch, a 30 second pitch, a one minute pitch. She was like saying she had all these different things. And then she didn't even fucking make it. She went over 60 seconds. And I was like, okay, yeah. well. Here's a lesson right here. Start before you're ready. Walk into the room and just go. I guess so. I I mean, that is just the biggest proof of like, do something that scares you. Because even the humiliating thing of like pitching and not saying anything. I mean, they were like, what was that? Like, I think that they made me a finalist because they were like, let's just see if she can like get it together. Or like, I don't know what they were thinking. They wanted to give me a second shot. And then that was it. So you realize this is a pattern though, Jordan, like (laughs) fearlessness. Yeah of you putting yourself out there and being like, I can right? Like what's the worst that could happen? I just get off the stage. Maybe Maria Sharapova saw me really fuck up, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, and, but just with everything that we've heard you do so far and accomplished since graduating, like, Oh, this is, this is the path. So yeah, we have no doubt that you're just, you guys are so sweet. This is better than therapy. (laughs) And also I, I think the, the other sort of idea was if this doesn't, you know, getting on the stage and, and doing whatever, and it doesn't work out, like what a cool experience too. Like I literally had never pitched before. So you have to start somewhere. Might as well do it on a stage. Just throw yourself out there. We never actually asked you, how did the name for Cobble come about? Like, where did this start? I actually, and this was a really fun exercise. And if anybody's trying to name anything out there, like totally take this idea. But basically I invited a bunch of like my creative friends and, and people to come to my office late one night in a WeWork. And I, there was this thing that I found online that was like, okay, write down all the words you want your future user to feel like after using your product and, and all the words you can think about that maybe connect to your idea in any way and just put them all on the whiteboard and have people shouting stuff out 
And then take a piece of paper. Everyone has a piece of paper and they have one minute to write down five words that they think could actually be the name of your app using the whiteboard. Maybe there's just a word they really like on the whiteboard, or maybe the whiteboard makes them think of another thing. And then they take that piece of paper and pass it to the next person. And that person comes up with more words based on their five words and pass it again. And the final person circles their five favorite words on whatever piece of paper they have last. And we wrote like the top contenders. And all of this is to say, we didn't come up with the name in that exercise. (laughs) We came up with it. Everybody left. And we were looking at the whiteboard. We were looking at like the finalists that had been on each piece of paper, my fiance and I. Maybe, Maybe this was on the whiteboard, but I don't think it was. Either way, Nick said, what about Cobble? And I was just like, where are you getting that? Like, I don't like where, why? And he was like, well, I'm imagining like a couple walking down a cobblestone street and they're happy and like they're in their element and it's like all is right kind of thing. And then he was like, and it's sort of like, you know, your this app is about cobbling together your life and cobbling together, you know, it's imperfect and cobblestones are imperfect, but like they fit. And, you know, I, yeah, we wanted it to be a word that existed and sounded like it was spelled, which the fact that we got the trademark and cobble, I can't even believe it, but we did. And lastly, I wanted it to be verbable. You know, I wanted it to be, did you cobble it? I cobbled it, you know, the same way you can say Google. Then, of course, I thought being able to call our users cobblers was just way too cute. It's way and too cute. That was that was it. But yeah, well, I mean, Nick thought of it basically as the answer. Think about it in the future. Now you can use the Cobble app to come up with the name of your company. Can you imagine like if you were sitting there passing around instead of a whiteboard or a piece oh, of paper? Oh my God, that's swipe, such swipe, 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 swipe. Yeah. I mean, you our can commission up- fee is, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm actually open for hire. <laughs> it's so funny that you applied to business because we were also thinking of it as like picking your baby's name, right? There's a lot, there's a lot that you can do with that. But I love that. Oh, that brings it full circle. That's full so circle. It's so sweet. So cool. <laughs> so I like that you mentioned therapy. What do you do? I mean, you've got so much going on right now and you're, you know, engaged and starting a life and all these things. How do you keep yourself sane? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I really am a proponent of therapy and it's weird. I've been saying that for many years before I actually started therapy too, which felt very hypocritical. It was like, go to therapy. Like therapy's great. And I'm like, I'm not going. So like, why am I telling people to go? But finally during quarantine, actually, I was like, maybe it could be really easy. It's all virtual. So let me just like poke around on ZocDoc and see who takes my insurance and, and get into a session. And that's what I did. And I immediately felt like I was carving out time to like work out my mind. I think we all think so much about working out your body and eating healthy and, you know, self-care and all, but like real self-care is thinking about how you think. And it doesn't all, I think we have this misconception too of like, oh man, I don't want to like unearth childhood trauma or like that's therapy. And it's like, I don't think it needs to be. I mean, my therapist specifically Yes, it's 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 using her background and understanding why you may be the way you are and like questioning, like when you get upset, like what is what is it that comes up in your body? Like, do you feel like your hands are tight? Do you feel like your chest? Like, where do you feel it? She's very like in your body. And so there's that side of it. And there's also she's also certified as like a coach. Um, which I think a lot of people, that's a nice step too. It's like, I'm not seeing a therapist, but I'm getting, a, I'm having a coach. And it's like, oh, just do both. Like it, it doesn't matter. Um, but she, the coach part of it is the forward looking part of it. It's like, okay, now we know why you are the way you are. Now, how do we optimize you? 
So I think they really do go hand in hand. And I certainly think it was it was a great idea, especially during COVID when there was so much uncertainty. I mean, our wedding has been, you know, officially postponed, canceled, whatever you want to call it. We don't have a backup date, which sucks because we've been engaged for two years and we definitely right. were ready to, to get going on that. Even that mindset of like, well, I'm not dying. It's actually unhealthy to think that way because it can still suck. We yeah. talked about this a lot in an episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's therapy for you. Yeah, my, yeah. My wedding was postponed before all this happened, and it was like, just you know, people. Of course, this happens to people. Storms, weather, things. Yeah. It happens. But now everyone's in this situation, and yeah. where we thought that weddings were like recession proof, you know, it's we work with a ton of planners. Rachel, Joy Silver from Love Stories TV. We've had her on, you know, and it's it's pretty crazy what has happened right now, but I give you a lot of credit and I promise you that even if it's not in the exact way that you want it or, you know, the steps that are normal, right? Like you have yeah. your bachelorette, your bridal shower, your wedding. I know I'm almost things. more upset about those things. <laughs> like it's like all of it being gone is like, <sighs> Oh my God. I know. <laughs> One of my girlfriends is going through the same thing right now. And we have assured her we're like, She's not engaged yet. She will be engaged shortly. But we're like, Bo, we promise you, we're going to go on that trip. Like, we're going to do it. You know, we all, everyone wants to get away too. Like, we are going to go all out for you. Even if you are already married, we don't care. We're going to call it your bachelorette. Like, we, we're just going to make sure that that's what it is. And I'm sure I, your girlfriends will show up for you in that way. I, I hope so. I'm sure they will too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is. I mean, I think I've sort of come to grips with it. It's just, it's just, I think back in, in April, in March, right. I was like, October, our weddings, this, well, was October. Was, yeah. I was like, we're fine. Like October is going to be great. I was like, sucks for you, March, April people. But <laughs> I was so sure that October was going to be good. And then I was like, damn, I've fallen victim too. <sighs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, and, and too, like having this wedding was also a big part of Cobble's, you know, banner year was like, okay, this is, you know, we're the couple that's, this is our couples thing. Like, you know, we wanted to get the wedding published and we wanted to, you know, do all, do all this stuff like in tandem with our launch. And I'm sure we will, you know, when we have it, but it is definitely disappointing. Make for a better story. I promise you that. I promise you. It'll be even more published worthy when we do whatever we do. That's what I'm saying. Yes. I haven't gone through it. I promise you that. And it all comes full circle, but it's totally allowed to suck right now. Yes, but it sucks, (laughs) but it sucks. And it's, I'm, B was there for me during all of it too. And through some of the, you know, cause you can be as great to everyone on the surface and, and, you know, in this light on our podcast, on everything, but inside, you know, when you're redoing all the shit that you would already have done before, <laughs> it blows. <laughs> it's really it's so tough. True. I'm so sorry to hear that yours got postponed, even not in COVID era. Like that's terrible. It's again, I think I shared the similar outlook with you in that everything really could have been worse. So that's, I think what a lot of people forget and the perspective is very fleeting. And we've had things happen to us since we've been married that I look back at our wedding and all the trials of that. And I'm like, what was that? You know, like baby stuff and things like that. It's, it's, it gets, it gets deeper and deeper. And I think like you, you've really proven to have a partner that's been by your side through the launch of this and through supporting you through all of it. And as a female founder that shows and takes a lot from a man too. So true. And I know that you guys will. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like you guys are really on that right path together and 
promise you it will be that. I do. Yeah, yeah. I thank you so much. And yeah, he really is. He is an angel. If um, you ever need to vent though, I'm here for you because <laughs> I get it. And I, my, my girlfriends that are going through it, one called me like, last Friday and it was just a, it was a sob fest, but she had to get it out and she feels better and we're moving forward. You know, amazing. So. you sound like a wonderful friend. She is. Oh, <laughs> so, so during this time, as you guys have postponed everything and you're, you know, hanging out in COVID, starting businesses, crushing life, all the things, <laughs> what is your idea of a perfect date night? Oh my goodness. I mean, one thing that I will say that is positive that comes out of, you know, all of the the new normal of like outdoor dining everywhere is we can bring our dog on every single date. <laughs> so that's cool. That is good. That is real good. Um, but no, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like we're, we personally are pretty simple with our dates. You know, we, we want good food first and foremost. And beyond that, like seeing a movie, I can't wait until I the can't movie theaters come back. I love going to the movies. I go every so week. Sad. I used to. Yeah, yes, do, yeah. As you should. Like, there's nothing better than like being surrounded by people. When I was dating, when I was actively dating, I made all of my, you know, Tinder bumble dates take me to a movie because I was like, if this sucks, like at least I got to see a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that was that is my tip for people dating out there. And then people are like, yeah, but you can't talk to them. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'll know enough before we go into the movie and after that if I like them or not. Yep. So, oh, I need. That's a really good piece of advice. <laughs> good tip. Again, good tip. Nick and I met in a bar and we, I didn't use the movie thing on him. <laughs> <laughs> you already knew. You knew real quickly. Yeah. 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 No, I was definitely, we were introduced by my really good girlfriend was the bartender at this terrible bar in um, Gramercy. And it was his like cheers bar. Like he went there every night with his friends. And I remember one like night she was like, Jordan, like, meet Nick. He's my regular. And I was like, ew, a regular. Um, <laughs> okay. And you know, we, I just kept on, I just remember being on opposite sides of the bar and wanting to keep like talking to each other. Like we kept on wanting to come together. And then I was like, I kept on wanting to like go visit my friend Natasha at the bar, even though I was hoping Nick was there as this regular creepy guy he was. <laughs> and eventually, you know, that was it. Like we just, that we were just so into each other. So that's how we met. Did you make out on that night? No, actually he was making out with another girl <gasps> that night, a fr another friend of mine, but <laughs> she texted me and she was like, Jordan, I'm so not into him. He seems into you. And I was like, I'm not interested in him. No one is interested here. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, I don't know what happened, but I remember being like, oh shit, do I have to like text my friend and be like, I think I do like him now. Like, how do I do this? Wow, <laughs> it is funny. No, he, yeah, he's, he's great. <laughs> is this, is this girl still, are you guys still close? Oh, to so close. So oh, close. That's awesome. That's yeah, amazing. No, we're good. She really, it was like, you know, she was making out with him to get back at the other guy that was in the bar. It was, it was, totally. a, we planned yeah. it. We planned for her to um, yeah. do that. <laughs> that now you're you're a really good friend that's the, these yeah, that's, these sort of things are true friendship nuggets I'm not even like a big drinker or partier or bar person but I can't tell you how bad I just want to be in a bar oh. like I I don't I want to just be around people and oh, I just I, bars sound so good right now sounds so good I know. I'll, I'll even take like a crazy Vegas club. Like yeah. I don't care if I'm yeah. on top. That's what I like. I kind of just want to have one of those just really fun, fun oh. nights. Have you watched a movie where there's like a bar or club scene and you're like, when was this real? Yeah. When, yeah. When was this possible? And, and like I tear up it. a little bit. I'm like, oh. yeah. Yeah. 
we talked like, about it last week because we were like just being down south. We were in Charleston and bars are still going. And it's like, wow. We were like, that's what being in a bar looks like. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. And people were, it was just, it was normal. And who knows? See, yeah. I love that that's your perspective. I was on the beach yesterday riding my bike and <laughs> I saw a group of like new college students and I'm talking like 30 to 40 kids out wow. there just partying it up, no social distancing, nothing. And I rode by my bike and I was like, y'all are all going to get sick. Stop. <laughs> Go home. I know. Oh, <laughs> college kids. They're just I mean, like, our lives have been ruined by yeah. it. Well, that's the, yeah. But then obviously like UNC just shut down as we were like driving <laughs> North Carolina. We were like, oh, people were imagine moving. Into- moving. Yeah. Imagine moving all your shit into your oh. dorm and then one week later having to move out. That's what I was thinking. Heartbreaking. Was thinking about. Heartbreaking. I know. It's sad. But, well, we are so excited to do more things with you. Yes. yes. We know this will not be the end for sure. Thank you so much for, for really walking us through this whole process. And, and inspiring and really- us. Yeah. yeah. You guys, you guys are like the biggest cheerleaders. I, I so enjoy talking to you and let's definitely keep in touch and do follow-ups and do whatever. And then meet yes. in a bar one day. One day oh. let's meet in a bar and I'll be married. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. We cannot wait to watch that journey for you. It's going to be really, I'm telling you, really, we'll really cobble good. it to figure out how to, where to go. <laughs> That's <Yes>. exactly it. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so All much, right. Jordan. Thank Thanks, you Jordan. guys. 